I'm Matt Dixon, and welcome to the Purple Patch Podcast. The mission of Purple Patch is to empower and educate every human being to reach their athletic potential. Through the lens of athletic potential, you reach your human potential. The purpose of this podcast is to help time-starved people everywhere integrate sport into life. And welcome to the Purple Patch Podcast. As ever, your host, Matt Dixon. And today, we get really, really sweaty. Yes we revisit the topic of hydration. And to help us get navigating through this topic is one of the world experts, Andy Blow, the founder of Precision Hydration. Now, if you don't know about Precision, well, you should, because we've already done a show on it. So if you haven't listened to that first episode yet, pause, go back, have a listen, then come back to this one. Because in that first episode, we talk all about the basic premise and the history of hydration and apply some practical lessons. Today, we get really, really practical. We talk about sweat testing and we go through several different case studies. And a lot of you guys might know Andy and his team as working with a whole bunch of athletes in endurance sports, but increasingly they're starting to work with professional elite athletes across all of the major sports, NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, for you British folks out there, That's football and basketball and baseball and hockey, but also motor racing, Premier League soccer. The list goes on. And interestingly, they do a lot of work in the occupational setting, a lot with military personnel, as well as workers in a whole range of industrial jobs where sweat has a lot to do with their day to day activities due to working in heat stress or protective clothing. Now, I see Andy and the team as, yes, They do some hydration products, but really a wonderful source of education. And that's the backbone, just as it is with Purple Patch, the backbone of their business. Now, as you go into today's conversation, thoroughly enjoyed it. But I really think that you'll enjoy the practical lessons that you get out of it. My guess is you're going to see yourself in some of our case studies as we go through. Oh, and make sure that you listen all the way through to the end of the show, because as a celebration of the opening of the sweat testing studio powered by Precision in the upcoming Purple Patch Center, we're going to offer up a couple of complimentary tests and consultations, both in person, if you live in the Bay Area or you want to visit the center, but also remote consulting as well. You can listen to how to get involved with that and register your interest. We're going to keep you in the loop when we go live, but we're also going to chase the lucky few who are going to get it for free. So listen to today's show. And then at the end, I'm going to reveal the information of how to get involved and maybe just maybe get a complimentary sweat test. Now, beyond me reminding you of the absolute need and my demand for you, yes, you in the corner, to head over to purplepatchfitness.com and have a little review of our one-to-one coaching and, of course, our squad program, because we'd love to have you part of a community. Is there anything much else on today? Oh, yeah, the jingle. That's right. It's word of the week. Hit it, Barry. We like the way he thinks. Serious with a wink. Let's open the book. It's time to take a peek. Yes, the word of the week this week. Well, it's a little bit more of a phrase, but I'm going to go with it. The cool people know who the cool people are. Hmm. 
It's a phase. The cool people know who the cool people are. Let me put this into context. I've long said that people are set up to thrive when they secure themselves in an environment in which they have strong mentorship or coaching, an opportunity for peer-to-peer support and feedback, I think that be community, and when they take on the role of coach or teacher or mentor themselves. Because I believe that this environment forces, no, allows growth. And this concept extends to helping athletes. And I'll tell you, here's a secret. I don't know everything. I just ain't that smart, you see. And there are many, many people, experts in their own field, who know a lot more in their areas of expertise than I ever will. And so for us to help athletes to educate the community, I would either be crazy or incredibly egotistical to not aim to surround myself with these people and even go on to try and enlist them into the puzzle because we all learn and our community and athletes thrive. And in today's show, we see this in action. Andy gets involved, contributes to the conversation and everyone wins. I learn, you guys get to learn a little bit. You might even see yourself in there. Well, over the coming weeks and months, this is going to multiply. We open the Purple Patch Center in San Francisco. And from this center, we're going to house a collection of many of the top specialists and experts in their field. For the members, for visitors to the center, but also to contribute to the conversation. We have a collection of really exciting partners who are going to be offering their services, but also their knowledge to the broader base. Today's guests, Andy Blow and Precision Hydration, Bike Fitter, Ivan O'Gorman, the folks at SMI, Sports Medicine Institute, one of the most respected names in orthopedic massage and athletic training, and many, many more from sleep experts to running coaches to recovery technicians and exercise scientists. Yes, Kelly and I don't want to launch the Purple Patch Center just to tell you how to break the mode in your own performance. Instead, we're looking to curate like-minded experts to partner and create a meaningful and filtered resource knowledge and services to help you. And to do this, and to do it well, it begins with a collective mindset. This isn't about a land grab. It's about contributing to the conversation and developing a truly trustworthy filter for you, the listener. Because collectively, we want to create a battering ram that smashes through the blizzard of bullshit out there. That bullshit that blinds you with all of the promises of quick fixes and quackery. And for that, to make that powerful is the power of partnership. And that's the word of the week. The core people know who the core people are. Infusing to help magnify the power of our center, but most importantly, the power for you to perform. It's all coming soon, folks. But now, why don't we get on with the meat and potatoes? Yes, the meat and potatoes, Andy Blow. Founder of Precision Hydration, a wonderful conversation, really insightful as ever. I love his practical advice, sensible, ego-free, 
in his approach. I think you guys are going to enjoy the conversation. Here it is. And as you'll hear, it was all done in the spacious and lovely confines of my bedroom closet. Seriously. Here we go, folks. All right, folks, here we are. It is the meat and potatoes. And today, well, it's a show of firsts, really, because this is the first time outside of a Purple Patch Pro that we've had a return guest. And it is also the first time, Andy Blow, CEO and founder of Precision Hydration, that I've ever recorded a podcast standing in my closet with you. It is. It's it's, I'm honoured to be in your closet. What <laughs> more can you ask for? <laughs> Guys, I, I have to paint the picture before we get into the serious business of hydration and all of the factors around it. We are literally standing here. Our centre that is upcoming, our studio, is all bolted up and locked up. We couldn't get in. And so we tried to find the most acoustically perfect place that we could. And the place that we came up with is honestly our closet. So here we are. Today, we are joined with Andy. Thank you once again for joining the show. Pleasure. And uh, we're going to take our prior conversation. If you haven't listened to the first time that Andy and I spoke, I recommend that you pause. You go back, you listen to that show, and then you come back and join us here. But uh, I think it's really important. But today, what we're looking to do is to take the next steps, to go a little deeper and to help the listeners around all topics of hydration. In fact, for you guys listening, we're going to do three main things today. The first is we're going to talk about sweat testing, what its role is and its value for a performance-minded individual. The second is we're going to dive into some of the levers for your performance fueling and hydration strategy. And we're going to go through some some mythical, although very much sort of built from my own psyche, little case studies of typical people that w- that you might endeavor to, to help along the way. And then the third component is we're actually going to do some real life case studies. And we're going to talk about everything from professional baseball players that you've worked with to GI stricken age group athletes to professional athletes such as Sam Appleton, Purple Patch Pro. So to get us going, Andy, let's talk about the route to find your personal hydration through sweat testing. So precision hydration, I think it's it's obvious. I think most people, most of the listeners know that you guys sell highly specialized hydration products. But when I look at you guys, now that I've really got to know you, I actually see you as much as a, an education-based company, as much as a retail of quality performance products. So does that then resonate? Does that do you agree with that? I think we, that's what we try to do. Certainly, we we probably over the years have advised close to as many people, you know, not to use our products as use our products because it, hydration isn't about what product you take. There's there are products involved for some people, especially people who do a lot of sweating. But the the main thing is that hydration education, I think, has been really sort of hashed up in the last. 20, 30 years. Uh, we talked about it on on the previous show, the history of hydration advice, that sort of stuff. And yeah. and what we've tried to do is try to gradually, you know, educate people in the right direction for them. And, and sweat testing is is one part of that. Yeah. Well, let, let's strike at the heart of it because I want to get right into this. The sweat test itself. I'd, I'd I'd love to explain exactly what it is, how it works, the time commitment, the process. What, what does it mean as a as a sweat test? So the sweat test that we that we predominantly use these days is um, is designed to measure the sweat composition, or specifically the level of sodium in your sweat. 
your, your um, sodium you sweat out sodium chloride table salt basically and the sodium bit is the one that's important because sodium controls fluid balance in the body it's the predominant electrolyte in extracellular fluid so it's the one you lose most of when you sweat and what most athletes I think still don't know although we're working hard to change this is the fact that the amount of sodium that you can lose in your sweat varies dramatically from individual to individual so we see up to a tenfold variance in sweat composition of different athletes but what's interesting about that number is it also appears to be relatively stable for you and and as as you know Matt I learned about this the, the hard way because not only do I sweat a lot but I sweat a very very high amount of salt so my races as an athlete would fall apart in the heat quite quite predictably after four or five hours because I was losing so much salt and it was this test that kind of unlocked a key to performance for me and sowed the seed of the idea that you know we could get this out to a wider audience and and when you say the test i think most people when they think about sweat testing think about going into a lab and being put in some really humid conditions yeah. and taken through a sort of weighing yourself and then post weighing and all of this so, so why don't you go into actually what the the test is because yeah. it's ultimately sitting in a chair it is, yeah. This the test that we do is is mercifully simple. Basically, we stimulate the sweat glands in your arm using a, a chemical process. It's called iontophoresis, and that's just a fancy way of saying we use an electrical current to repel a positively charged compound into your skin. The compound's called pilocarpine, and it stimulates your sweat glands. So basically, in a in a piece that's uh, in, a, in a, a sort of area of your forearm about the size of a quarter, we can induce a, a pretty maximal sweat rate in five minutes and then we can collect that sweat in a special little collection device which is um, sterile and sodium free. That takes anywhere between five and 15 minutes depending on your sweat rate and then we use a desktop analyzer that we run the sweat through. So end to end you can, you can come in, you can understand what your sweat composition is in terms of sodium loss in about 25 to, to 30 minutes normally uh, without having to exert yourself. And, it, and it's quite funny because still to this day we send out pre, pre-test information to a lot of athletes who come to us at our HQ for a sweat test and they'll show up with their training kit expecting to jump on a bike or a treadmill. <laughs> of course. And, and then, so they've gone through this process, let's say end-to-end, the assessment is somewhere between 20 and 30 minutes with setup and everything along those lines you're receiving out of the uh, the analytics, you're receiving outputs. Why, why don't you go through for the hydration expert or the physiologist that's reviewing, what are you receiving? Well, basically, when you, when you break it down, what you want to look at with sweat loss is two things. You want to look at the total amount of sweat that gets lost, and then you want to look at the concentration of that sweat, because putting those two together gives you a net volume of fluid and sodium loss and you can model that over the duration of an event for instance so we will take either an objective or a subjective sweat rate measurement which is basically either someone saying look i've got a low sweat rate a medium sweat rate a high sweat rate a very high sweat rate and based on that data we can put some figures behind that you know a low sweat rate for a a human exercising in the heat is around four or five hundred milliliters or you know sort of 15 16 ounces per hour mm-hmm. a really high sweat rate rate might be four times that though might be two liters or 64 ounces or so an hour so we can bracket that and get a good idea of what okay what's that rate like by then 
taking you know, having a look at someone's training program having a look at the races they're doing and the conditions you can build up a picture of okay is this person someone who's sweating for 25 30 hours a week like a pro athlete might be or is this someone who's only sweating for four or five hours a week like a you know recreational exerciser you get that information you then f factor in the sweat sodium composition and you can really start to look at okay is sweat and electrolyte loss likely to be a limiter for this person if so when and then how do we how do we tackle that? And the um, I'm interested on the uh, concentration of sodium. You mentioned there can be a sort of 10x range. So what are the sort of ranges? Put some numerics around that on the low end of concentration to the high end of concentration. We, we talk with sweat sodium. We try to talk in milligrams per litre because that's sort of um, what a lot of that that's what a lot of sports drinks and other things that people use will display it on on their packets so yeah. it makes it comparable and a low amount of sodium in your sweat would be something in the region of 200 milligrams per liter and a high amount of sodium could be 2000 or so milligrams per liter maybe even a little bit more actually with some people my own loss figure if you like is usually around 1800 milligrams per liter plus or minus you know 100 100 or 200 milligrams either way and and that that, as I've said before, is one of the one of the problems that I had. Um, the only people where, and, and the reason this is quite well studied and understood, is partly to do with sport, but largely to do with actually cystic fibrosis patients, and oh. and people with CF lose loads of salt in their sweat. So some of them can lose over two and a half thousand milligrams of sodium per liter of sweat, and actually that's you know, sort of going back to the testing, that's where our testing technology originated is it was a, sort of the elements of it were originally designed to help doctors diagnose cystic fibrosis and it's it's still used for that. So the reason there's a good amount of, of knowledge to draw upon in this area is is because of a lot of the research that's been done looking into to CF causes and treatments. It's fascinating and I, I want to finish the, the summer of it with with a, a question I was going to ask, which was just, what is sweat testing not? <laughs> and what, what, the reason I'm asking for this is I know that what it isn't is just a whole bunch of, bunch of data that creates the solution to your life. Yeah, exactly. It's it's another interesting data point that can, you know, help you if, help you sort of navigate to to figuring out whether this is an area of performance that's going to be impactful for you. So we we've found athletes for whom this is literally a complete game changer. It is it is the key to unlocking performance, especially in heat and humidity. But we find a number of athletes as well for whom this is almost an irrelevance because their physiology, the type of things they do, hydration is boxed off for them. So that's that's a really key concept because a lot of times when and this goes back to the whole you know the sports drink industry thing about every sports drink is trying to sell you like the the idea that they've got the solution to all your problems well they've probably got a great product which works well for a bunch of people some of the time but outside of that it could be negative or it could just be you know neutral mm -hmm. so what we're trying to do is yeah use this process to actually you know guide you in the right direction is this something that might work for you if so you know where do we start with a bit of trial and error but what it's not is a magic bullet in immediate you know do this and you'll be great the, the other thing as well i think about data when you go back to sort of the the, the person that theoretically it's an irrelevance to that's still important information to have because if you're if that person is struggling in their racing 
but they can exclude one of the challenges. 100%. You can, you can be looking elsewhere for my solution is not in there. I don't need to spend sort of too much focus on that. Definitely. We've definitely dispelled a few myths with some people. You know, we've, and, and if you can, you'll know this from a coaching perspective. If, if there's something which people sometimes get in their head that, you know, oh, I'm not good in the heat. Maybe it's to do with how much I'm sweating or what I'm sweating or whatever. And that can, that can, that negative self-talk can be just as bad as something physiologically wrong. But if you can reassure someone that actually, you know, we've, we've done this measurement. We know that your strategy is sound in that regard. We've got to go looking in other areas. Then yeah, that's equally as valuable. That's perfect. So I, I want to go to something that, that you've said to me before in the, the, the now many discussions that we've had, Andy. Uh, one of the more simple things that, that I found really interesting as an educational framework is your talk of the levers in your fueling, the yeah. hydration, the electrolytes and the calories. Can, can you expand on that concept for the listeners? Yeah, that came about initially because we were getting asked a lot of questions outside the sphere of hydration. It's like, okay, well, you know, this is about salt and, and whatever and and, and drinks but what about calories what about this and i've read this this guy's theory or this company's theory on fueling and hydration how's it all work and in the end i just sort of looked at it all and looked at what do we actually do with pro athletes when we work with them and what we do is we break it down and we go this this person needs an amount of water for hydration because when you perspire you lose body fluid body fluid comes from your when in your sweat comes from your blood your blood volume contracts if you don't replace that you know ultimately your performance suffers so we need to replace water we we need to replace calories usually for the majority of athletes that's carbohydrates because they're quickly uptaken and and um, allow for fast energy and that's because you're expending energy and, and you've got finite reserves you also potentially if you're losing enough of it will need salt in that mix and there's an interesting interplay between those three things because the amount of salt water and calories you need will be different from person to person it will dif be different from day to day and so by thinking about these three kind of levers you can you need to know which ones you need to pull and how hard to pull them based on your physiology and the the task at hand you know the horrifying thing about that answer is i realized how americanized i've got because i said levers rather than levers yeah. <laughs> it's shocking so i'm going to stick to my uh, my roots from now on but i think that that's um i think that that's really interesting to put it like that because i know a lot of athletes that lean into an approach where they like to essentially combine all three of those into a single strategy in other words they consume their calories and their hydration through one bottle so i'm assuming that generally you'd advise against this yeah all often that's the first thing that we look at if someone comes to us and they've been having hydration nutrition type issues in a race we're going to we're going to go and start look at okay well where you get, not, not only what are the total amounts of fluid salts and calories you're getting but how are you putting those in because the typical isotonic sports drink and when i say an isotonic sports drink that's something that is composed of about six percent carbohydrate solution usually four or five hundred milligrams of sodium per liter and and obviously the rest of it is water and that is a that is like the jack of all trades solution for when you're exercising bit of sugar bit of salt bit of water you know and to be fair it's it's usually pretty good for short fast events it's pretty good often for some people in temperate conditions and and you know believe it or not i know i will know ironman athletes who will get by throughout the majority of a race on it but they are a rare beast you know for the majority of people that that all in one solution it doesn't allow you to pull on those three levers separately. 
mm-hmm. and that's that's the biggest issue with it that I have is that you know if on a hot day and that's the classic example on a hot day when you're working hard you might have a sweat rate which is five times what it is on a cold day and if you've got liquid calories only you're going to have to dr- overwhelm your stomach with so much volume and I've seen this I mean Alan Hovder is a, an athlete we've worked with in the last few years who's pretty well known especially in Europe because he's won the Norseman a number of times so he's a serious he's a serious dude and Alan um, initially had a lot of success with you know kind of either using a, a carb drink or or not a lot of, of hydration when he was racing in in Europe in cool conditions mm-hmm. and then found that this this he fell totally on his face I think it was in Ironman Texas or somewhere like that and maybe even ended up in the medical tent because he was following this same approach and then he kind of came to us and and we started to unpick it with him and actually Alan's an interesting case because he's a relatively salty sweater he was losing a lot and we we discussed this idea of separation of calories fluids salts and a bit more salts for him in particular and, and fluids and lo and behold you know he's he's now iterated his way to a solution that means that he can race pretty well in the heat interesting yeah. it's a, I, I, I can't remember who originally sort of coined this but i think it's very smart a nice way to think about it it was either stacy sims or alan Lim that was eat out of your pockets drink out yeah i think it was i think it was one of those two i think it was alan but i'm not i'm not entirely sure yeah it's a a really simple way and you know i think that the bike riders way basically the the bike riders way exactly and the i think the best experts manage to boil down a really complex thing to something memorable and simple i think is the, the way to do it so, so I want to I want to put you into action a little bit because we we talked a lot last time in our first episode around a lot of the concepts and uh, the history of hydration. I want to get more practical. I want to have today be the applied side, and I'm going to put you into some scenarios. And th- this is always strange when I do this because it's a, a spotlight, knowing that it's a generalist guy. Yeah. And uh, and so I think that we must keep that in in our mind as we go through this that, that we're really talking broad concepts but if you're game for it I'm going to send you through a, a few little strategies or, or scenarios yeah let's do it alright so here's the first one and uh, I've chosen three very different types of athletes and scenarios so this is a, a half marathon or a marathon runner and you've sent them through sweat testing and the results you find is that they have an incredibly high sweat rate based off of uh, their observations and they also have a high concentration of electrolytes so they're more more up at the uh, the andy blow side of things they often fade at the end of races they're prone to cramping and mechanical fatigue which Mm. is very common in running Uh, triathletes have it as well where it's sort of muscular What, what are some of the insights or potential interventions for that athlete i think when you're looking at half marathon to marathon running you're at an interesting point because you're right at that deflection point between actually half marathon a lot of quicker runners is an almost a nil by mouth approach for them mm-hmm. um, but people who are on their feet a little bit longer maybe not as fit are going to need to take some calories some fluids in especially in the heat but the first the first place that i look for with runners is actually rewinding to kind of pre-start and saying what are they doing in that last 24 48 hours before the event because the idea with the with that is with a marathon or a half is get on the line well hydrated well topped up and actually put some of the the previous poor education around hydration what it leads people to do is overcompensate overhydrate 
in the the days before and they i think they end up on the start line in a condition that we'd called mildly hyponatremic which means they've drunk too much water hyponatremia is where you dilute your blood down so mm -hmm. if you're one of these athletes that's drinking lots of water or dilute drinks in the days before so that you can see that you're we is really clear and that you're peeing a lot oh, I must be well hydrated you can often start on the back foot because you've flushed a lot of minerals out and if you've got especially if you've got cramping later on in the race as this person has and they're probably paranoid about dehydration because they've got a high sweat rate and they're losing a lot of salt I'd always rewind and say okay well this is a this is someone who's got to get that pre-race hydration spot on so we're looking at um, you know appropriate use of a very strong electrolyte drink we call it preloading in the last sort of um, the night before the morning of the event and and without going into the full details of that is actually um, we've got a, a very detailed blog with a protocol on that that we can probably put in your show notes if, if that sure, works yeah. but yeah, we, 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 we preload before the event to make sure on the line fully hydrated now if it's a if this is very hot and someone's going to be out there for for a while especially if it's a marathon we'd be advising them we'd give them some some guardrails around how much sodium how much fluid they ought to be shooting for on an hourly basis and probably in a in a marathon we'd we'd semi front load that because in the race you 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 tend to be in a better frame of mind and also your stomach and gut tend to be in a better frame earlier on to absorb a bit more to mitigate losses for the losses that are going to happen later so it might be for example in a marathon an easy way to do it is carry some um, sort of like electrolyte capsules you can wash them down with some water or sports drink from an aid, from aid stations as you're moving through and and you know we would we would basically set someone some guardrails there of how many milligrams per hour we think they might they might want to play with and then and then go at, at it and, and iterate on from there fantastic well let's go to number two that I came up with and, and keeping it sort of in a, a similar mindset. This is for a half Ironman or Ironman athlete. Uh, most Ironman athletes, of course, participate in both races. Same scenario, gone through the assessment, and this athlete on the other end of the scale has a very low concentration of electrolyte and sweat. Now, in their race experience that they report is that they stumble a lot in races with GI distress, especially in heat. So, What's the intervention here? And as I, as I say this, by the way, this, this is actually a real person I have in mind, and I do know their fueling and hydration approach if you need it. But, um, but what's the general intervention that you might go about here? Yeah, when, when you've got someone who loses a relatively scant amount of sodium and salt, then there, is, there can be a tendency... Yeah, we we would look at the first place we'd look at obviously is what they're currently doing, but but if you analyse it, quite often you find that sometimes people are who have who've got very low requirements could be overdoing it. Now, in one sense, and I'm hesitant to say this because athletes can interpret it. You know, we athletes always think more is better. Generally, we're all guilty of that, but. A little bit more salt, say, in a, in a longish race is probably better than a little bit too little. Um, if they're getting GI distress, it could be too much salt, but normally what that, if you were taking too much salt, it would normally give you extreme thirst. It might make you feel a bit nauseous. So if it's, if it's just, you know, just plain old GI distress, I'd be looking at the ratio of fluid to carbohydrates they're taking it in, how they're, how they're taking it in and then, and then look to, to modify that because you, you do find that there are some athletes that, that if their sweat rate is low, if their salt concentration is low, they can relatively thrive on a pretty low fluid and salt intake and benefit from, but might benefit from more, more calories. And then it's a case of finding, okay, well, if then, if 
if they want to take those calories in via you know gels or or blocks or bars or something that could that could be kinder on the stomach than trying to smash it in in, in loads of fluids mm-hmm. which is then overwhelming the stomach with a you know bloating them and giving them a, a a volume of fluid that they just don't need to digest and absorb and that's exactly the uh, this this person's situation that i had in the back of my mind yeah. was a uh, was a was a bottle feeder if yeah. you want to think about yeah. that I just made something else up there, <laughs> a bottle feeder. There you go. Uh, okay, so let's let's go to number three, and this is one of my lifestyle fitness friends, and this is very much a real person. But uh, I'm going to label in, like many of the Purple Patch members of the upcoming Purple Patch Center, and a lot of our San Francisco athletes are really those that they would identify more of chasing performance through a sort of sport for life mindset. So they don't identify necessarily as crazy triathletes or obsessive marathon runners. So endurance exercise, or in fact, I'm still going to call it training because training is structured and progressive and exercise is random. So endurance training three times a week, one to two strength sessions also, but they cannot get through a session without consistent cramps. And, they also, ironically, sort of bonking sessions a fair amount, some of the longer sessions. They go through sweat testing. What, what are you looking at there and what's the intervention? That that starts to become a lot more around this, you know, we talked about earlier, the educational piece about starting to understand, okay, what what's holding them back here? Are they are they turning up? Quite commonly, you know, there's a lot of studies been done on this, but recreational or sort of, you know, well, right, right through the athletic spectrum, actually, a lot of athletes turn up to a lot of training and exercise sessions a little bit dehydrated. That can be because of prior exercise or it can just be because of lifestyle, you know, and we've all drunk a bit too much coffee some days, had a couple of beers the night before and just not not stayed on top of it and are running a little bit chronically dry basically and i don't want to perpetuate this myth that everybody is walking around dehydrated all the time because i i firmly believe that's not true but we do see it a little bit more in the athletic population sometimes because you are putting a bit more stress on your body sweating a bit more and with those people the first thing i'd be addressing is just looking at their general fluid intake and their their diet and probably the dietary sodium and going you know how how close do we think we're getting to to realistic targets here because it could be that they're they're showing up dehydrated they're, sh- they're showing up you know low on salts and things and persistent cramping is one sign of that you, yeah yes yeah, so, sorry i just i want to interrupt because that's it, it's really interesting i'm i'm obviously not looking at this as a as a hydration expert per se but we work with a lot of busy time staff people and when someone has high energy fluctuations or they have real control issues around eating mm. one of the things that we look at is more their daily hydration yeah see but a lot of people we, we call it walking around in the fog of fatigue definitely they i mean typically I'll, I'll, gi- I'll give you a great personal example of this this week because i'm here in san francisco now and i flew into the u.s on this is now sunday i think yeah, yeah well, it is sunday, sunday it today, is yeah yes, indeed. um i flew in on tuesday from the uk long haul flight i had i had a, a second flight once i landed in the in the us straight away so i was on the and i think i stayed up for the best part of 22 hours non-stop i then went in straight into work and i was you know busying around and taking this i was i was in arizona where it's hot and dry and jacob um from purple patch will attest to this because he witnessed it was after the third day we jumped in the swimming pool and went for a swim and jumping out of the pool my quad locked up full cramps because i was just you know I'd, I'd just been on the move i'd been coffeeing up because and i was I'm, I'm you know struggling with the jet lag and 
even though I've been trying to keep on top of my hydration practice, I've, you know, best will in the world. It's what I do for a job, but I'm running around, you know, looking after everyone else, everyone else and not do it, not doing, not doing myself any favors. I get the big old cramps in the, the thigh and it's just a sign to me that, yeah, okay, you've, you've, you've gone and done it, Andy. If, <laughs> if I work for myself, I'd fire myself at that point. <laughs> well, it's, it's a nice springboard actually. We've, um, uh, the reason you're in Arizona is actually spring training and uh, the, the the next part of the show, I want to go through some some real case studies. Uh, a lot of people don't know this. They they associate, particularly in the endurance world, your work with many of the professional athletes in in triathlon, in running, etc. Sarah Crowley, you, you mentioned Mr. Norseman earlier, Sam Appleton, who we're going to talk about in a second. But your last week in in uh, Arizona, you're working in your team as well as a Purple Patch team member that we're going to talk about with the San Francisco Giants, San Diego Padres, the Oakland A's, the Diamondbacks, the Reds, the Indians, the Rockies, basically <laughs> most of baseball there. So with those teams, I'd love you to explain what the work is that you do with them. Yeah, it's an interesting one because if you'd have asked me a few years ago which of the American sports you'd you might be doing a lot of work with. I might have said football and we and we do a fair bit in the NFL. You know, there's some guys that sweat a lot there and a bit in basketball, but I would have said baseball, not not high on the list for hydration. But having having been invited into some teams to talk, we we started off actually by being invited into a team to work with an individual, a pitcher who was sweating a lot and and it was perceived that maybe this guy who they were paying many millions of dollars to had a bit of a problem with sweating and I guess kind of didn't know who to turn to. He was cramping up at times and all sorts of issues and managed to have some success you know sorting that out for him on an individual basis and then that that you know led to to more stuff and then at first I was thinking well how much do these guys really sweat you know how much is hydration a problem and what you realize is that for for baseball players and baseball teams they have this accumulation of fatigue and potential dehydration from the hectic schedule you know they play hundreds of games a year it's they they start spring training at this point of the year february and they go right through if they make it to the world series right until the you know the into the autumn yeah they they're on the road constantly air conditioning in hotels and aircraft and buses they they are out in the sun for long hours at a time i mean i went to a a minor league game in Jacksonville, Florida, two years ago, and had to, you know, I had to come off the field and change my shirt, and I was just stood around, you know, observing yeah. what was going on. So the chronic stress and load on them is high, and what we found basically is we go into these teams now, and we'll often do sweat testing with the entire organization. So that might be 150 athletes at spring training. And we'll find this huge range of guys that are very, very good in the heat, very well adapted. They've got sweat sodium levels of, you know, the lowest one we tested this week was uh, 21 millimoles, which is like 300 milligrams of sodium per liter. But in the same team, we tested a guy who was losing 1,900 milligrams of sodium per liter. So what we're able to do is, um, signposts to the athletic trainers, the dietitians, and the support staff. Who do you need to focus on? Who might who might be at risk of of problems? And when you're, you know, it's a totally different game, I guess, to the one you're playing with professional triathletes. When it's very one to one. This is about risk management across a whole organisation oh, yeah. and and deciding where to allocate resource because they have hydration protocols normally in the teams, but they're not very individualised. 
and and what we're trying to say to them is actually look there's going to be a cohort of people here you don't need to worry about too much because they'll take care of themselves there's a cohort in the middle that might see some benefit from this education and this thing but then you've got sort of 10 15 percent of you guys who you've really got to focus on and that allows them to you know to to basically have a, a data point to talk about with the athletes make them understand it there's still a lot of myth and legend uh, the one i get in baseball all the time which always makes me chuckle is oh i don't get cramps because uh, i eat bananas and uh, what yeah, is it i've never course. seen a monkey get a cramp yeah you know? yeah, yeah the old favorite <laughs> yeah so so we try and you know just kind of go in and gently educate and we're this year what, what a new innovation for us is actually we're starting to produce some um, posters and business cards and things to leave in the locker rooms for these guys as a as a reminder when we've left you know what we've educated them on and try just try to to win the war slowly of, of getting them to understand it well it's interesting because a lot of their performance decline is what might be really subtle because they might have a late night finish do a really poor job of hydration exactly and then get on a plane even that night sometimes they're playing the next day and they're starting to your point the, the yeah. lifestyle athlete but these are they've been paid many millions of dollars yeah. and they're behind the eight ball and they never have any realization these yeah. hockey players that it might actually be performing it, performance it, it, absolutely and it's, it's also amazing to me you now having got under the skin of baseball a bit more and seeing like the, the sweat rates we see with some of the catchers are as high as ironman athletes yeah if you're stood in the outfield in the shade you might not sweat hardly at all so that individual variance is is huge and yeah it's 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 fascinating you know environment to be involved in and you had for for those days down there you uh you were joined with a special guest uh jacob white who uh is our purple patch we now have a a resident physiologist i'm incredibly excited about having jacob on the team for the last uh year or so now Uh, that was quite an immersive experience for him huh it was day one he was there at uh, i think at 6 a.m in uh, I believe it was the Giants so his kind of his new adopted home team um, sweat testing and he was he jumped straight in with two feet you know he's a he's a great guy he he was a, a a real asset to us on the road learn learn how to operate in that sort of slightly high pressure environment you know you're you're strapping um, sweat testing electrodes on potentially the arm of a guy who then that arm's earning him 15 20 million dollars a year you've got to be careful and know what you're doing and he was he was very calm and collected in that environment he's got a great manner about him we'll, we'll talk about more about jacob in a, in a few minutes but i want to come to one of our pro athletes who's not making 15 to 20 million dollars a year at least yet but uh sam appleton yeah and uh you you just made it public that you're working with sam but you started doing some work, some advice and some guidance with Sam uh, before his very first Ironman last year. I'd love for you to just go through the process with him and uh, the framework and look a little bit back and then, of course, a little forward from here. Sure. Well, Sam was Sam came to us on your, on your advice because he was looking to, obviously, he's been very successful at 70.3 half Ironman distance stepping up to his first Ironman and and clearly you know the kind of fourth discipline of that is the nutrition and hydration and what we did with Sam was had a good look at what he was doing for 70.3 as a blueprint because that's clearly working pretty well we then I, I actually deferred to him in the first instance with a bit of a uh, a kind of um 
trying to get an idea of what he thought he would have to do and he's a smart guy so he wasn't going to just extrapolate and double everything you know from mm -hmm. from half to full Ironman so he had some ideas and we, we discussed them and we, we got him sweat tested got some data and I'm sure Sam won't mind me sharing the fact that he's a relatively low salt sweater on the suit so in that respect you know pretty well you know, pretty well built for doing Ironman in the heat and and so we we then discussed and what we discussed with sam was this concept of sort of like okay well this is this is what you think you're going to do in terms of those three levers like fluid calories and salts but what we're going to do is put some guardrails in place for each one of them and i want you to try to operate within those during the race yeah and let's see how we so we did a very simple bit of maths on you know how many gels is he going to carry what have they got in them what drinks is he going to use how how frequently can he pick up other drinks what's his strategy going to be there and then but very importantly then what i did was I, I was on his i was on his back you know two days after the race getting him to do a very detailed recall of what he actually took and then what we do is we run that through some software and we really look at the, the calories, the where they're coming from. We look at the sodium levels, we look at the fluids and we go, all right, so we know what you took now within a reasonable degree of accuracy. We know what we plan to do. And the first thing for me always is how close was that to the plan? Because fundamentally, you can have the best pl plan in the world. But if you've got an athlete who's pretty wayward and isn't going to stick to it, the first thing I need to work on is, OK, why are we not sticking to the plan? Sure. And in interestingly, one of the discussion points with Sam was a technical one because he lost a couple of gels on the bike. Um, they, uh, I think he had them taped on and they popped off or something like that. So we ended up a little bit down on the calories. Um, so we talked about you know ways that we could maybe make it more assured that he would hold on to those in in future races so that's like an equipment thing but but yeah he did a very good job actually on staying pretty much within the the guardrails that we'd set and had a and, a, and had a reasonably good race outcome he he sort of felt that maybe the thing that let him down if anything did in the race was a bit of mechanical durability on the on the run and so what we've got now is a great blueprint for sam to say well this worked in these conditions relatively well we might iterate it a little bit. We might put a few more calories in next time because he was a bit light on those. Mm -hmm. on but fun end. fundamentally, we were close. But then, And then next time, we'll also make a judgment call and go, OK, that was in Western Australia, where we know what the weather conditions were and they were pretty warm. So let's have a look at what his next Ironman happens to be because it might be quite a bit cooler. We might adjust some of the fluids and salts downwards or whatever, but at least we've got a line in the sand there we can work from. And I think uh, you know a lot of people... They come to you post first race where they've sort of shot from the hip a little Agreed, bit. It's yeah. random, but the fact that that we started collectively as a team right up front and said, "Look, we don't really know what we're getting into here, yeah. but we need to make the best plan, and then you're going to judge whether it's whether it's successful and what needs to be tweaked." And now we've got this sort of framework that we're yeah. working out of. Yeah, definitely. And what what we're seeking to do now as a as a business is is actually see how we can build that as a wider offering so we've got a, a sports scientist abby coleman who's working with us now and we're going to we call it the hantronic method to start with so hantronically abby will be recording pre during post race a lot of the nutrition hydration intake of the pro athletes we're working with running it through running it through this the software that we've got to really drill down into the macros that they're taking and start to build up a database on each one but the, the feeling is is that eventually with um you know, especially with some of the smart people in Silicon Valley where we're stood now, there will be a way to to make this more slightly more automated and and therefore produce um, an app or a, a software 
portal where people can run their pre-race data. It can give them their macros, what they're aiming for, sense check it for them, you know. Mm -hmm. Then they can put in what they did in the race, correlate it with their performance data. And over time, a bit of intelligent learning will we'll start to say, okay, wonder what happened here. This went a bit wrong. We're a bit low on calories maybe because based on previous performances, when you've taken more calories, you've had a better run split whatever it is you know there's going to be that's the that's one of the sort of future targets for us that, that's quite exciting well to finish up it's uh, a thing that we're incredibly excited for is uh, in many ways sort of precision's home from home here now that you're, you're coming out here quite a lot but the san francisco purple patch center is opening and we will be running sweat testing out of the center yeah. and uh you know that's going to be led by uh, in collaboration with you, but Jacob, who yeah. we uh, who we talked about, and I think it's worth talking about Jacob just for a couple of seconds. He's incredibly wise, and particularly wise for his age. But he's had this really immersive education, and for lack of a better phrase, training from you, both obviously in Arizona with the baseball teams, but in many occasions leading up to here. Yeah, yeah, he's been a, he's 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 a great guy to work with you know jacob he's very like you say he's, he's young but he's very humble for his age he's he's very um uh, analytical but not overly analytical he mm -hmm. sort of understands the human aspect of it he's asked me some really interesting and head scratching questions from time to time which has been a good sign and he's also been you know He's, he's been easy to talk to around the, the sort of subtleties of things where it's like, well, we don't know everything about this. And he gets that, but he kind of can work back from the point of, OK, well, what do we know? And he's he's really got into this sort of levers approach. You know, he's starting to get his head around that so that I think I can see him being quite proficient at working with people with that very quickly. You know, mm -hmm. he's already got his he's already got that in in his head. Well, I think it, I think it's uh, it's going to be really fun. And obviously for. Uh, I think we should talk about the paths of of which people, good listeners, can participate. So obviously, you know, people local to us, California to us, or some, maybe some of the neighbouring states, it's very, very easy to come and visit for in-centre yeah. testing. There's actually the lab there that you come in and you do the in-person. But but also you have testing facilities, well, really all over the world, and we'll get into that, but uh, there's also an option that an athlete can go and get the actual data and then come and consult with uh, Purple Patch or Jacob around strategy. Uh, so for our remote athletes, they can just go to their local centre, basically. Yeah. yeah, definitely. They could visit our website or they could, if they really want to just cut to the chase, they can just email us at hello at precisionhydration.com. Tell us where they're located. If they, We can then figure out the nearest test centre. We've often also got test people on the road as well. So we're working with all the teams, you know, and, and it's always great. We were in, we had someone in Chicago the other week who was testing the MLS team there and then did a load of triathletes while they were there as well. So always get in touch. We can then yeah get the data, get it back to Jacob if you're a purple patch athlete and, and he can do your debrief. That's, uh, that's super. And then I think for the in-centre testing, the important part of it is, look, this is a membership driven facility but you absolutely and if this is our creation here but you absolutely do not need to be a center member or a purple patch athlete to to come and do the the, uh, the assessment and the education out of this i think that's really important that we both really want to create this as a resource for yeah. the the athletic population yeah people would you know, use it as a, a drop-in or use it as an introduction to, to the center use it as an excuse to come and have a peek behind the, the curtain of what's going on there which should be quite fun and and for members that are going to be on a, on a sort of daily or weekly membership with us 
uh, I can't but help but finish with something very aristocratic that we bubbled up. Personalized <laughs> hydration. Why don't you, the, the, someone that's taking a bike class, why don't, you, why don't you give the scoop on what we're doing there? Well, we decided that, you know, to take the real the real hassle out of it, the best thing to do is, you know, if you sign up for the, the full the full Monty, whatever you call it at Purple Patch, um, you when you turn up for your class, you'll have had your sweat test, so you know what your sort of optimum hydration drink is, and you'll, you'll on your bike will be a, a freshly chilled bottle of your prison hydration or water or whatever it is you need for that session ready to go so that you haven't even got to think about bringing your old scabby water bottle with you there'll be a nice stainless steel one there with with your pre-mixed drink so it's, it's certainly a service I would love to have at my local David Lloyd gym back in the UK. And, and beyond this sort of my joke of aristocracy, there's there's actually a real reason behind this, and and there is a why, and uh, and, and I can't help but explain this. But when, when Kelly and I really created the the centre and the concept of, concept of the centre, we really see it as a living representation of our methodology and across the four pillars that that everyone listening will know: endurance, strength the big bucket of nutrition and everything that falls underneath and of course recovery and while 60 minute classes you know strength and treadmill circuit classes bike classes etc probably don't need individually a massive hydration our this center represents or ties into the work life performance and energy that we talk about so this is as much about habit development and reducing potential stress buildup than it is what do you just need for this class very similar to our post-workout smoothies that will be waiting for us and then having all of the recovery tools that are available in the recovery lounge so that people can just integrate it into their life and into their flow. So so that's why we're doing it, is we mm. want people, again, education, awareness, habit creation, and it goes on from there. Sounds fantastic. Well, I know that we are planning outside of the centre, uh, yourself, Jacob probably included, uh, and myself, we're going to be doing a whole bunch of education out of the centre as well. Yeah. These these little podcasts that we're doing are just the introduction, but your your company, Precision, my company, Purple Patch, I think the backbone of both of our mindsets is uh, is education. And so for us to be able to collaborate, I'm, I'm really, really excited. So I, I want to thank you for, for joining once again. I look forward to the partnership. Yeah, no, thanks for, um, thanks for inviting us. And we are, yeah, stoked to see this new centre open. We can't wait. Well, there it is, guys. I can't thank Andy enough. And we are really excited to, as has been the theme of today, carry on the conversation. And of course, we've got big plans with the folks at Precision. Sweat testing services in the Purple Patch Centre. And as we mentioned in the show, It's for the members of the centre, it's for purple patch athletes, but it's also for anyone just wanting to come in and get the service. And in fact, even if you're coached elsewhere, we would be happy to not only help you, but also connect with your coach and bring them in so that we can help the both of you find your performance. We're also planning remote consulting. So grab the data at any one of the Precision Sweat Test Centres and we'll help you integrate into the bigger puzzle and apply the information and think big picture around all other training issues as well as all those factors that we get out of the sweat testing. And so, feel free to register your interest. Here comes the fun part of the show. If you want to head over to purplepatchfitness.com forward slash podcast, that's just the podcast page, and ping us. Give us a line or two of your situation and we'll be sure to get in touch with you when we go live. We'll keep you up to date when we're ready to roll. It's just a few short weeks away. And, of course, 
We want to make it lucky for the lucky few. And so a couple of you that register in this interest, we're going to give you the gift of the experience as an opening of the center gift. We're going to draw those names once we go live in a few weeks, but your name must be in the hat from this episode to be considered. So head to the Purple Patch website, register your interest. We'll keep you up to date, but also we'll let you know if it's on us. You know, it's my round and all that. Thanks so much, guys. Really appreciate it. Love the show today. Next week, well, we've got a few things coming in the next couple of weeks. We are going to re-emerge with Kelly McMaster, my wife and co, what do we call ourselves? Co-leaders, co-CEOs, whatever we are. We run Purple Patch together. But we're going to go through some of the lessons that we've had from running the business together. I think that's going to be really insightful for you small business owners out there as well as culture creators and team creators. And we're also going to have another another episode with Kelly. We're going to explore the big discussion and topic of meditation. And I'm going to do an episode on the quiet leader, how to enact change and leadership without the loudest voice in the room. Guess that doesn't apply to me with my big mouth, does it? All right, guys, thanks so much for listening today. Take care. Keep shining.